the 22nd episode. Uh, welcome to another stream of my consciousness. It's currently 11.09pm um, on September 22nd. And uh, yeah, I have been bouncing off on different ideas for today's episode. You know, started in the morning, I was thinking to do an episode about my thoughts on MVP. NFT, um, inspired by a podcast uh, on Cotton that I listened yesterday. And um, yeah, but I think uh, could be, I need to do a little bit more research on that. So later I decided to do um, an, 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 an Instagram um, uh, like feature that I find really meaningful. But then, yeah, I think it's not, uh, it's not in-depth enough, but, but hey, I gotta remove little cat. Oh, it's, it's these kittens, I have a kitten in my room right now, it's gonna kick him out, coming around eating my plants. Um, okay, so, yeah, let's, sorry about that, let's get about, let's get back to it. So, uh, yeah, uh, today is uh, today was a, 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 a pretty uh, eventful day. I uh, attend a family reunion um, where I had a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, I just came to this, the idea of the best, uh, the best outcome strategy um, to deal with things in life. Uh, I think essentially what that is one some of the strategy that I've been trying to uh, do for myself in my personal life when I do something I would consider is it the best outcome um, for everybody involved for myself, of course, but can I do anything else for the other people? So everyone can have a win-win situation, right, in a sense. It's the best outcome for, for everybody, and um, yeah, we'll we'll win together. Uh, we'll we'll all be happy, and uh, yeah, that's. Pretty much uh, that that what I've been trying trying to do, uh, what motivate me, and uh, this idea came to me when I was kind of finished a late night talk with my girlfriend when uh, she dropped me off, and uh, yeah, we were just saying discussing some of the, our uh, some of our arguments that we had two days ago. Um, the, the episode 20 uh, I talk about that and yeah one of the reasons I guess a little bit frustrated because I just was trying to ensure the best outcome come for uh, both of us right and um, yeah maybe sometimes trying to chase the best outcome might not be the best outcome after all it's a kind of, yeah, nothing too much is good. 
But anyway, back to the family reunion today. It's on、um, my girlfriend、uh, families.、Um, so her dad and、um, her dad's sister, which is her aunt, and two people kind of have some conflicts and have not been、uh, in good terms for the past couple years. But、uh, yeah, due to a recent event、um, from in the family, they were able to reconnect. And、uh, today is the first、uh, BBQ、uh, barbecue party after like a long time. So yeah, the whole family came together. We had, we had a good time.、Um, you know, it's my first time seeing them, seeing、uh, the aunt. Um, even though I've been with my girlfriend for two years now, right? And、um, yeah, I just all overall, we just、um, a very good time in general. And I think you know we 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 could have had many more of days like this if、um, the conflict the conflict had been resolved a little bit earlier. And yeah, I mean, it's it's the situation like that. I'm glad that we still be able to reconnect after all. You know, sooner or later, still the best. And、um, yeah, I also was trying to think of、um, like the takeaway that I would、uh, talk about in this episode. Well, but、uh, yeah,、I'm, I don't really know enough about the situations. To really say anything,、uh, it's, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a little bit too judgmental for me to talk about it. I, I see, but I think today is a bad outcome,、um, one of the best outcome day、uh, because you know, we were able to reunite family members together again, talking about the old days, having good food, just laughing. Um, watching uh, our you know, kids, little babies, and yeah, jumping around, having fun. So, yeah, just something、uh, really nice,、uh, really the family aspects in it, and、um, I think it's the best outcome for everybody involved.、Um, yeah, love is always nice to have. I feel like life is a bit too short to be to not in not be in good terms with your with other people, especially your family members. So I think one of the message I would point out is that try to resolve conflicts as soon as possible, especially with your family members, because I think in in the end it's not worth it to spend. More time than it needed to be, being distant from each other. You know, we're we're family, so if we have conflict, it's okay. You know, it's normal to have conflicts. But the way we navigate through conflict is what matters. What is、uh, what what's important. And、um, yeah, if if we we're able to you know, overcome it quickly, you know, drop our ego a little bit, just. Listen more. 
don't run away from it, right? And stick together. Eventually, we'll solve it out, and we'll have uh, many more happy moments, many more dinner together, barbecue, and uh, many, many more laughter over the fire, or many more laughter um, watching our kids, our grandkids jumping around. Um, yeah, being cute. So, yeah, just uh, the aspect trying to do things, do something that uh, have the awareness or the 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 yeah, I guess the awareness is the word to be able to consider uh, everybody perspective and see if the things we're gonna do will be will will deliver the best outcome for for everybody involved and um, yeah I think it's a good way to navigate through life the best outcome right. that's how that's uh, that how it should be done and I think um, yeah, it's, it's just uh, some of the philosophy that I have, and it carry out throughout my even investment, you know, my life, my some of the things. Maybe um, I try to approach um, like conversation with my friends. You know, even though maybe it's uncomfortable uh, for there's an argument with my friends, but I the reason I do so because I think. Um, it could be the best outcome for both of us, right? And uh, yeah, even investment, yeah, you know, in my Tesla investment is like I'm not doing, I'm not investing Tesla just because for the return of money, but the best outcome for all of other people. Um, because yeah, a lot of people will benefit from Tesla success. And uh, just the Tesla products, it just brings a lot of joy, a lot of safety, you know, save a lot of lives for sure in the future. So, yeah, it's the best outcome, I think. And uh, one of those um, options, yeah, that I think is pretty obvious when you do a lot of research into it, then yeah, it's the best outcome uh, for the long term. And, yeah, so I think... Uh, Today episode has not been really prepared much. I just got this idea pretty last minute, but it has been on my mind for a long, for you know a while, for a good amount of time, and um, something that I'm maybe unconsciously been doing. Yeah, do something that uh, would be better for to both or uh, the people involved Mm, yeah so I think that's pretty much it another idea I was going to do today um, I guess it's worth just mention now is that a pretty cool 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 feature uh, to use on Instagram so I recently discovered uh, um, a friend Instagram. Uh, so my my girl's friend's best friend actually, 
um, and so she, so her name is Rina, and she has um, on on her story that she saved on her Instagram profile. Um, I saw a picture of my girlfriend, and turn out she saved, she kept to the moments, and um, yeah, just saved that moments of each of her her girlfriends, like her good friends in there. So she has like like five best friends. She has five story, and each story consists of a lot of moments uh, that she kept her when hanging out with them, right? And yeah, I just saw my my girlfriend pictures, clicking it, and just watched the whole thing. Um, it was like two year, three years ago, and yeah, just another uh, view of my girlfriend that I had never been able to see, and it's just really, I think it's meaningful for me, and it's in a way, yeah, it it de- deliver the best outcome for 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 everybody um, that care enough about it, right? Because, yeah, I, I just appreciate some of the, the, the videos and the funny moments that she captured from my girlfriend. And later, my girlfriend looked back at it, too. She'll be able to appreciate that. So I think it's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I sent her a message, uh, kind of thanking her, uh, saying you know, my thank you and showing my appreciation for you know, her effort to capture some of the, those moments, particularly... Um, a moment where my girlfriend was playing with a baby, and pretty cute. <laughs> my my girlfriend, she does have the thing that I admire about her is that she has a good quality um, to deal with children, you know, deal with little kids. Just yeah, a lot of good energy in the end. Yeah. So thank you, Rina, for recording those. Yeah, I appreciate it. Anyway, I think I'm gonna end this episode soon. Uh, this should be a quick episode. The best outcome. So yeah, think about um, some of the things that you have in your life right now. What are some of the things that can be improved on to be able to achieve the best outcome? for everybody involved something to reflect on and um, yeah start doing uh, changing things that are in your control small things doesn't have to be much best outcome for everybody involved Um, yeah I guess another example I have recently that I kind of forgot to mention yesterday is that I so I decided to take a walk to to grocery store as usual, and um, I got the fish. Um, it's kind of a, a little project that I ha- I have um, to cook for my girlfriend as, um, as much as possible, and yeah, um, you know, just save her some time because she does works and she doesn't doesn't have a lot of time to prepare food and you know, work and school at the same time, so. Yeah, sometimes I try to just cook something, some good food, um, a lot of ingredients, um, and yeah, just have healthy food, right? And um, yeah, so I, I I walk to the grocery store to get some exercise done, listen to podcasts, and then got the 
the food, cook for my girlfriend, and cook a meal for my girlfriend mom as well. And yeah, she likes it a lot. They both likes it a lot. So that's great. And yeah, it's one of the best outcome for everybody involved. Yeah, another example. So I think it's a small thing like that. You know, put in the effort and it helped. So yeah, I'm glad to be able to do so. And I will continue to find things that can help achieve the best outcome for everybody involved. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I'm going to live. Strive for that best outcome scenario. And uh, yeah, so I guess I'm going to end this podcast soon. We have a listener, Kevin. Um, yeah, I kind of jump in a little bit late, but um, if you want to come in and uh, talk about some of the reflection that you have for today, that'd be great. Um, can I have uh... Hi there, Michael. Hello, Kevin. Hi, I, uh, I stopped in earlier and then I, um, I saw that you had a list of daily uh, pods and one of them was about parenting, which I thought was interesting. And I, I only listened to a little bit of it just now. And then I, I heard, you know, what you're saying when I checked in the, a couple of times, but I, I haven't obviously heard your whole presentation uh, this evening. But, um, yeah, what's going on? What, 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 um, what's the theme of the day here? I thought the parenting one was interesting. I was just going to say, because I, I had been uh, thinking, I had started something on, on encouraging younger people to think through and um, encouraging people to become parents because I see so many uh, young people now saying they don't want to because the world's getting worse, things like that. And um, uh, I'm, I'm over 50. You, you seem like a young man. And uh, I, I didn't get to listen to your whole um, podcast on parenting, um, but it looked like a thought experiment about not being able to have children. And I, I didn't get to hear the whole thing, but I don't want to sidetrack you and go off topic. But that was of interest to me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you checking it out. And um, yeah, parenting for sure. I I did talk about it. I do love to have kids. And that's one of the fear um, that I'm afraid I might not be able to have kids one day. So that's why I decided to do the thought experience follow up. And yeah. And is that because of financial and other reasons or physical reasons? I don't mean to pry if it's physical reasons, but I just mean, yeah. is it because you feel about the world or what are your concerns about maybe not being able to? Um, I think more about physical reasons. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't have to tell me about any, any personal things, yeah. but, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, that's an interesting dilemma. I mean, I, no one knows if they can have children. A lot of people, um, take for granted and they say, Oh, I'll wait till I'm 40 or 45 or something and really get my career going. And, and um, they're taking that for granted. They don't know that life uh, is going to go the way they try to plan out every minute of it. And um, that that was one thing I, I was been thinking about. But and there are certainly other ways to be a parent, you know, um, you know, through adoption and things like that. Um, but but go ahead. I, I didn't mean to jump on you. I just I just didn't want you to feel obligated to explain anything that was personal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's okay. This this show is pretty personal to me anyway. I think it's, it's, it's a way, in a sense, I create this show so that my, my kids or my grandkids can look back later in the future and kind of understand how it thinks. And it's more... Very cool. Yeah, and that's that's the idea of the show, actually. Um, it's kind of like an insurance um, to have, uh, to live behind. Let's say, you know, if I don't have much time to teach my kids in the future, for some reason I pass away early. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I did kind of explain everything, every reasoning in uh, some of the episodes. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's a meaningful thing to do, and I'm excited to continue with this show. Yeah. And, well, that's very, uh, it's, it's heavy, but it's meaningful. I, there was someone who called into my, my thing was called Please Have Children. And the first episode I did, and then someone called in. I only had one person. Uh, well, my wife actually called in also, but he, uh, but anyway, he, he said that he's expecting a child. He and his wife are expecting their first child. And, and I said, well, you, what you should really do is do a call in about your experience because exactly that reason that you could, um, your child could actually listen to this at a later time. And, um, and, uh, it's kind of like a documentation of it in, in a way that's never happened before where someone can have a kid and talk about, ah, oh, man, it's three in the morning. I'm doing this. And, you know, and their kid and their kid can actually, yeah. you know, I'm holding the bottle or he's, you know, whatever. So, yeah. So he actually thought that might be a good idea. Hopefully he'll do it. Yes, yeah, that's actually it's the thing I'm, I'm kind of excited for. Um, I get to uh, record uh, my reflection for the day throughout my life. And if I were to stick to it, my kids will be able to reflect some of the day when I have my first kid. Or let's say the first moment I get to hold on my kids. It's going to be a meaningful experience. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and, uh, yeah, your show is Please Have Kids. Um, do you, so do you, you do have kids yourself? Uh yeah, I have I um I have three teenage uh, boys, and um and I've I I just feel um I, I've thought a lot about a lot of different things that are kind of coming together in the world right now, and I I feel that um, younger people, obviously COVID's been a real setback for people in some ways, but <clears throat> you know just feeling like oh the world's falling apart, and of course hoping that it'll get better and then it just never seems to get better and they're thinking why would i bring a child into this world that's getting worse and worse and you know my wife was born in russia in the soviet union in the um and 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 she left there at about 13 years old with her family and um but her mother and father, you know, she has a brother. So her mother and father had two kids. But, you know, even in such a, you know, it would be a long time before um, America is as bad as the Soviet Union. E- even if it declined substantially every year, it would take a long time to get as bad as the Soviet Union was in, in many ways. And um, and many other places. Or just imagine the first humans that came into North America from a- from Asia, you know, on the land bridge. I mean, they were just barely, you know, they're they're dodging bears and saber-toothed tigers and uh, horrible weather and and no food and and they're still having children and so, you know, the human the human nature has been to survive and endure, uh, even through you know tremendous difficulties and and I would gather from your name that you're Vietnamese. Yes, I'm Vietnamese. Yes. Yeah. Do you live in America? Are you an American? Do you live in America? Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm in Canada. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm like oh, a Canada. first generation. 
I'm like international students, so I'm not even uh, Canadian yet. So I'm trying to stay. Right. And uh, yeah, to your point of being a lot of people being pessimistic about the future, I totally agree. I see that in a lot of, you know, some of my friends, let's say. And, uh, and yeah. I, I think. Well, especially Western liberal countries, right? Yeah. I mean, Canada, America, the West European countries, the birth rate, the fertility rate is declined. And when you look at Vietnam, and I have a few Vietnam Vietnamese friends, and they came through literally the Vietnam War, and and like what a hellish um, experience that was for them, and um, and still the parent, the, your parents had kids, and um, and started, and and so many Vietnamese people go on to be very successful. Uh, they're very successful culture and people. It seems like they're they're all about perseverance. So there's probably something to be learned from your culture in particular. Yes, yeah, I, I think um, that's that's one reason I think I do gain a lot of perspective living in two different countries. And um, so, yes, yeah, something, uh, some of the the idea, the views on life that I have, I think it would be helpful for some people. If um, So hopefully this show will be able to share some of that uh, lessons that I have gathered. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot more optimistic about the future. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I can, you know, the book, The Rational Optimist, uh, I uh, did read that book and um, I kind of consider myself in that category. Um, yeah, I, I would love to have kids and uh, I love to raise children. Is that is that Steven Pinker's book? Um, Steven Pink, I, I think it's not, it's Matt Ridley. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I oh, have okay. Steven Pinker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's just kind of famous for being a, um, I mean, he might be like a cognitive scientist or something, but that the that people kind of tend towards uh, pessimism and um and that and it's actually an irrational um um yeah. way of looking at things and that, that you could be rational and still be optimistic is is why I felt that that was uh, maybe the book that you read but I haven't read either but that's that is very interesting yeah it's like you there you are in school and 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 what are you studying there um, I already graduate this year, um, so I'm currently just oh, working. Okay. Yeah, oh, wow. I study uh, environmental uh, engineering. Uh, yeah, I'm not really engineering; it's technicians. Oh. So a little bit like a lower level in college. Yeah, I got college. Is that? Yeah, is that like um, HVAC? No, I, I don't. I, is I'm that like sure. building for buildings, or is that? Um... Oh, oh, yeah, it's it's. It's in the civil uh, engineering department, and then it's environmental side. Uh-huh. So it's more on uh, uh-huh. water treatment and such. Yeah, but I'm yeah. still oh, on very the path. Good. That's of, very important. Yeah, I'm trying to find a good, meaningful job. Right, I have not uh, been able to, yeah, like settle down for, for sure, like a like a long term job. Yeah, just yet. So, yeah, sure, yeah. Well, that's understandable. You just graduated, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's been uh, good talking to you. You have your show. You want to talk a bit about your show? Uh, so it's, it's uh, please have. Well, I did. I did a few shows, and um, uh, yeah, because that's what's great about Colin. You can do different things. I, I did one where I play guitar. I play jazz guitar, and I play that. But unfortunately, Colin, the sound quality is not really great. So I've I've um, been trying to figure out different. I got a good microphone that didn't work, but anyway, so that was one. And then I did one about the recall election in California, which is over. I live in California, and then oh, you live in California. Yeah, 
I, I had a, an episode about that actually. It's not. I I didn't want to put recall because uh, I, I don't have a lot of knowledge. But I put uh, meet Kevin effort. Have you heard of meet Kevin? Kevin Kylie? No, meet Kevin. This guy. Um, not a lot of people know him, but he's the second voted on uh, the, the Democratic Party. Like, oh, oh, sure, yeah. No, he was like a young guy who's like on you has a big YouTube following. Yeah, yeah, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I am not actually unfamiliar with him, but I know that he was the sort of insurance policy. Yes, in, yeah, in case I, um, in case uh, Gavin Newsom lost, and uh, in case the recall went through, then he would get elected. Uh, Paul Grath or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've been following yeah. him. Yeah, I have an episode about him as well, like my reflection on it. Oh. Well, um, and then, so the one about child rearing is, is an interesting one, and it's, um, I think it's one that I could uh, sink my teeth into and talk about. I mean, yes, I'm a parent, but I do know a lot of people, even just uh, parents that are my friends that are empty nesters now, meaning their kids have moved out, gone to college, some of them have graduated college, and they're at that kind of age. And Basically, what I'm trying to do, it's hard for me to, there's one way to do these things, as you know, is you can just kind of um, talk about your thoughts, and then hopefully come, someone comes on and you could talk about it. And then, of course, you could be more formal and have like a monologue that you've outlined. And I haven't really been doing that. But what I, I have a few ideas that are all coming together. One of them, um, you know, there's some some people I heard you talking about how Tesla is a, as an investment of yours, and you feel like it's more than just an investment, but it's also uh, bettering the world in a way. And um, so, you know, Elon Musk. One thing he's talked about is population decline. Exactly. One, yeah. That's being one of the, yeah. So I think he really got the conversation started because he is a visionary, and that's really an outside the box kind of thing. When he said that, and it was coming from him, I thought. Well, that's odd because it seems like most environmentalists feel like, oh, the world's overpopulated and we might as well have less people because then there'll be less carbon footprint. But, you know, he's far from believing that. I think he, I think he has five kids himself, but he, but that doesn't mean anything in terms of his environmental stance on kids. But I've always felt it was absurd and ridiculous for people to say, oh, we shouldn't have kids because of the environmental impact, especially people in the West who have such a who have such an ability to control what their environmental impact is. They don't have to, um, you know, yeah, if every kid's getting a diesel truck and, and driving around, sure, that's, or, or whatever. We, we are a consumer-based economy in the West, and we have, we do have more environmental impact. But then again, if, if Elon Musk's mom never had a kid, then there'd be no Elon Musk, and what a difference that would have been in the world, um, you know, from SpaceX to Tesla to everything else. And then, Obviously, I listened to the All In podcast, and that's how I got found out about this this app, and how I really learned about David Sachs and um, started uh, following him. And I, I identified probably with him the most out of out of all of them. But Chamath Palihapitiya was talking about um, the population issue as well. I mean, they're all I think they're all friends with Elon Musk. They all have two or three children themselves and they talk about being dads as well as, you know, trying to have fun, trying to make a lot of money as, as businessmen and investors. And so the whole thing is to them, it's interesting that, so my friends were over last night with my wife and I, and they were talking about their daughter who's just graduated college and she's maybe 22 or something. And she's a great girl. She was always like a camp counselor, you know, everything else. She's very warm 
uh, open person, and which would be a great, and always was a babysitter for her extra jobs. She would be a great mother, obviously. And here she's saying, oh, I feel like her parents were, were kind of downtrodden because they felt that she wasn't going to want to have kids because of the world's getting to be worse and worse. So I have to talk about a lot of kids who, who feel that way and then think about my own kids wanting them to have kids. And uh, I've talked to them, but I've talked to them about this a lot, how family is important. And a few ideas come to me. One is... Uh, you know who Eric Weinstein is? Yes, yes. So Eric Weinstein, my brother has a has a very successful pop. My brother's a physics professor and at UC San, San Diego, and his name is Brian Keating, and he has um, a podcast about science. So he's met Eric Weinstein along the way, and they've become friends. And he's been on Eric's, and Eric has been on his. And at social events, I've met Eric and... Um, Weinstein and got to speak with him and he did a tweet himself uh, a few months ago where he said, you know, for anyone who got married during COVID, anyone who um, had a child during COVID or decided to become pregnant, thank you. You know, thank you for the optimism that you're showing because that's just what the world needs. And so I started putting these two things together with Eric has a theory of why things are going wrong in the world um, and how we're all kind of getting caught up in the, he, he likens it all to a pro wrestling match where everything is fake, but you really hate the other side and each person hates the other side. So on one hand we have this, Oh, Trump is horrible or oh, Biden is horrible. And we're getting really distracted by that. But the, and then maybe even going back and tracing back, well, this is why this person was really bad. Or this is why this person, uh, was set up by their party to do this so and we can do this analysis but what he says is it really comes back it comes down to economics and i've always felt this on an intuitive level that inflation ever since this so there's a website called what what the f happened in 1971 and that's all talking about how the the monetary system separated from gold this is not just about bitcoin or something but just in general that we started to say that we're going to we had all this growth, economic growth in the world after Bretton Woods, after World War II. All the world governments got together and decided to have some sort of economic cooperation because we didn't, it would save all of us from the economic and, and human costs of being in another world war. And of course, there were a lot of misadventures along the way, such as United States and Vietnam or Korea. Was, maybe Korea was a successful war, but obviously Vietnam, Afghanistan, you had Russia and Afghanistan, you have Russia and Crimea, you have certainly little hot spots around the world, all kinds of things going on, but there wasn't a World War III. And they credit it to this Bretton Woods Agreement where we had this economic cooperation in the world. Fast forward to the 1950s, there was a huge economic boom, especially in America, uh, which led to the baby boom. And that's how I tie this all together. And then the 60s started to have this unrest. The Vietnam War, uh, we had the Black Panthers, we had riots, we had assassinations of Martin Luther King, both the Kennedy brothers. Uh, we had the Weather Underground. Yep, a lot of people don't know that there was a, a, a kind of a radical left-wing terror organization that blew up that blew up a bomb in the U.S. Capitol building in 1971. Um, there was a lot of upheaval, and then it kind of... And there was inflation uh, in the 70s and, and stagnant economy. And then sort of in the 80s, we had Ronald Reagan come in and 
talk about, you know, America's the shining house on the hill and we have this great vision and everyone became sort of, not everyone, but a lot of the country became more patriotic, let's just say for Reagan's second term especially. But underpinning the whole economic expansion of the 80s was a lot of money printing and a lot of um, funny business with with um, banking, with, with uh, the Federal Reserves uh, becoming really dominant. And that set us up for the go-go 90s with the dot-com era, which wasn't a new thing. I mean, we had the internet, which really saved the economy in many ways because that was created all these amazing companies. And then you had... Um, Mm-hmm. Financial, financial. We started running out of steam financially, and people were just using cheap uh, debt, doing schemes. And we had the financial crash of two thousand eight, as you know. And then, since then, it's just been mm-hmm. open money printing and quantitative easing and economic manipulation. Uh, and everyone kind of felt like that was that had to collapse again. And then we had COVID, but COVID. Uh, obviously, it was very bad for the global economy, but in many ways, uh, what Eric Weinstein's theory is, is called um, exponential growth obligation. And e, and the short, the acronym for that is EGO. And what that means is that we have become, if you look at all the, the, the charts for every profession, the amount of lawyers, the amount of doctors, the amount of PhDs, they all started becoming exponential after the 1950s going into the 60s. And if you kept falling on that, it's an unsustainable path because if you kept doing it, everybody would be a PhD or a doctor or something. And you, you can't have a functioning society. You need some people that are obviously like in your kid's situation, making sure we have clean water and then functioning water and that we have people that are checking the piping system so they don't blow up and have manhole covers flying everywhere like New York City and um, and that, and we have, um, and we have people. We need people to cook. We need people to to uh, you know, do everything: farming, mowing lawns, whatever. So, it was absurd. And at some point, the scientists who are getting PhDs or mathematicians or whatever are getting PhDs in such tiny little areas that really wasn't moving anything forward. It was just creating a lot of paperwork and a lot of publications for nothing that no one was going to read. And that's on one hand. And then we have an exponential growth expectation in many things. And monetary is one of them that we expect our standards of living to keep going up. And that everything's built on slow inflation that our, that our house, our stocks, our whatever is supposed to be worth more in 10 years than it is now. There may be a little setbacks during the year, but over time, things are supposed to expand in value. And that's all based on credit, and at some point that runs out of steam as well. So, I didn't mean to talk for a really long time, but that my I'm trying to put together all these ideas, and maybe you can help me how it would how you could take such a complex topic and and applying it to parenthood. Parents, young people are looking at your age at are looking at should I even have a kid now? How bad is it going to get? And what's it going to be like to raise them? And and I know that I I've heard a lot of stories, obviously about climate change, about this, about that. And yeah. oh, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I I, I think uh, the view that people get pessimistic about the future is that they yeah they get consumed by the media and um, they just follow in their own mm-hmm. bubble. Just you know, keep the the, the 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 algorithm just feed them negative feedback all the time, negative news, and yeah, that's that's why you know you see yes. 
people get really extreme nowadays. A lot of thing about everything has to be about black and white. It has to be this or that, right? Trump either Trump or Biden. It cannot have like a middleman. It seems so. Everything is so extreme, and uh, yeah, this is certain situations mm-hmm. people decide not to have kids because they are really extreme about it, and, uh, and also yeah, some of the and people and people aren't talking to like their own parents. Like if their parents voted for Biden or for Trump, and that and they're against it, then they just don't even want to go there for. Let's say in America, Thanksgiving's a big holiday where families get together, and it's around the Christmas Thanksgiving holidays. Let's just say, so there's literally parents that kids that don't even want to talk to their parents. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing about I notice in the West is that the family um, is not as close. Uh, there is not a, exactly. a family connection there compared to in Vietnam. Um, like, uh, in Viet- like the community in Vietnam is really tight and people know each other and the family that usually live in one household, like with maybe grandparents in, in one household, there's like three generations, mm-hmm. even four generations. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really a tight connections uh, with the family members. And that's how humans lived forever. I mean, intergenerational living is the, the, the term, yes. but it's exactly what you're saying. And Italy, yeah. like, the, you know, Italy is one of the few countries that's like that. And exactly. In America, when you graduate, when you're 18 years old, you graduate high yeah. school, you feel like you have to go to some the opposite side of the country to really see the world. Like, you need to go to New York City if you live in California or if you have to go to exactly. L.A. And I exactly, I feel the exact opposite. I feel like where I live, I made sure that my mother, my father's not alive, but I made sure my mother lives in the same city with us and my in-laws do too, my wife's parents. So they get to see the grandkids and I think it's very important. Yeah. That's, that's the thing I find really hard to understand uh, that the people would, yeah, they, they, they would want to live so far away from their parents. Uh, Like in the future, if possible, I, I would prefer um, to have like a big family together in one one house, right? It's, 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 yeah, it's a, uh-huh. it'd be like a dream. just like home. Yeah, is is that be the dream? And also, you know how how the house here in in the Western societies is very because they have a lot of land, so it's very uh, disconnected in a sense. Everybody has like their own box to go into, and you don't know much about that's your right. neighbor. And that's uh, unless you live there for a long time. Yeah, but the, the nowadays. No, no, no. You're right. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. We we moved uh, from where we were living before, which was more of a suburban area where everyone had a house and you barely knew your neighbor. We moved to more of a rural area during COVID. And um, we actually know people here, even though we have more land and more space from neighbors, we actually know everybody much better here. It's kind of interesting. People know each other from the gathering places, you know, whether it's a restaurant or the markets or the schools, they actually spend time actually getting to know each other more in rural parts of America. But, um, but I wish, do you think there's any way that modern American kids, you know, younger people could learn the wisdom? Uh, I, I would love to hear you do a show exclusively dedicated to the, the, not just the differences between America and Vietnam because I mean, or Canada, because, you know, obviously you came here from Vietnam for some reason, there must've been some reason to leave there and maybe you want to go back there or maybe you want to recreate something here. But the bottom line is you see things that are strengths of Vietnam. And it would be very interesting if you did a show um, about that, like what the diff- the contrast and, and things that you think that Americans or, or Canadians would benefit from. And I think this is one of the big ones. So 
I would love to hear you do that. I'll, I'll definitely subscribe. I want to hear you do a show like that. But do whatever you want to do. But I'm just saying, I, if you I, do one of those, it would be nice. Yeah, I, as, I mean, I talk a lot about in the show, uh, some of the episodes I have, um, let's say the episode about uh, little thoughts on community and the way that we live. So that I do talk about, yeah, oh. I think it's episode. Oh, great. Yeah, I did mention about that problem, actually. And uh, yeah, it's on this show. You know, I wonder also if Vietnamese people are closer with their siblings. Do you have siblings? Yes, I do. Uh, no, no, like yeah, we we. I think it depends on uh, not n- not everyone, right? But the 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 way that they live, they tend to be closer. Mm-hmm. But I think Vietnam, I think it's the mm-hmm. way that we evolve, the way the societies, because now um, you know in big city Vietnam we do have some of the symptoms uh, like uh, the Western society as well. Um, people don't don't get uh-huh. disconnected so it's it really a pro it's a global uh-huh. problem uh not even culture as much anymore but well it's just like the western the bad western diet spreading to china and japan and everywhere and it's the bad western disconnected community might be spreading everywhere too yes uh, it, it's certainly a problem but uh, the the aspect of uh, com- uh, like culture hasn't uh, like you know some of the ritual Vietnam certainly have a lot of holidays, um, and you know the Lunar New Year holiday, the Tet holiday that bring each other people together uh, back from home, and yeah, that's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Christmas here, but it's it's a lot more. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and um, my friend is married to a Vietnamese uh, woman, and um, they live in Seattle area, and she has, I think she has, well, she's very close, you know, with her mother. Her mother's still. A, no, her mother's in, in Georgia, but she lived near her mother for a long time, but they moved to Seattle for his job. But she's very close with her two sisters. You know, they're they're like, you know, as close as can be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I think, I think, yeah, Vietnamese, the earlier generation for sure, they tend to be really close. Um, because and my architect, I have an architect friend here in Santa Barbara, uh, who's um, a very famous architect. He's Vietnamese, and he's also very close with his brother and his sister, and they all live in different places. But they, you know, they're very close, and they and they were like refugees, um, first generation uh, after Vietnam War, and they're a little older than me, and they um, yeah. all very successful, uh, very educated, and um, it's just an interesting. I would love to hear. I, I'll I'll go and look back through your episodes because yeah, I'd love to hear your take on Vietnamese culture, and and don't be afraid to brag. Because it's about what we can learn from it. Yeah, and I think uh, you get you kind of give me an idea there um, about you know how to encourage people to have a perspective, different perspective on having kids. So I think when I have kids myself, and uh, me and my girlfriend will probably do a show. Um, yeah, it's a long way a long way to go, oh. but uh, we'll do a show something like that. And um, yeah, I, I I think I think uh, my solution for people. Uh, be, be, being a little bit uh, negative and not wanting to have kids is that they would, would we need a a, a, a good a, a education system. Uh, that is what we really needed to solve to get mm-hmm. people be open minded to to be excited for the future. Because yeah, I, yeah. episode I have um, excitement. Um, I, I did an episode about that as well. Excitement uh, about how much uh, excitement that I have in my life. How much am I excited to be able to live and experience life? Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much very optimistic. Um, yeah, I have a lot of things to look forward to in the future. Well, that's 
Yeah, and um, I want to spread some of that uh, energy to people, in a sense. Uh, so we'll, we'll need to study. Um, a good way to understand, uh, to be optimistic about future, is that study history. I think that's a key point. Yes. <laughs> and I think there's something with this, yeah. something with this uh, community. If you, if people knew they were going to have help, like see if in Vietnam with this communal living, you know, if you have a kid, there's a grandma there to help. There's your mother to help. And you're having kids younger, you know, when you're, when you have more energy and, and you're just starting out in, in life and you don't care about getting a PhD or something, you just want to get a job. And so having a kid is not like this incredible responsibility to add on to your plate. It's, it's something that everybody's doing that you can be a part of. Like my wife being from Russia, everyone kind of expected to get married on the younger side and have kids on the younger side. Um, you know, in the fifties that might've limited uh, women from getting a very low level job. But in the West now a woman could become a CEO or whatever. So now they're probably more afraid that if they have kids, they're going to lose more opportunities than they used to. But the thing is, it, only a mother can be a mother. And it's kind of hard. It, it, the, the one optimistic thing I do have, I'll share with you is uh, COVID allowed for work from home, right? So work from home can really allow the father and the mother to trade off the parenting responsibility. So the kids always have a parent at home with them, which I think is important. But I think we could add the Vietnam, the Russia, the other, these other countries, Italy, the community raising of kids, that, that should be part of what we try to do to build community within our own families and not just, oh, screw my family, I'm going the other side of the country to, to meet some other people that are more interesting. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, that's the, yeah, it's it, the nature of the world uh, that we, we we all get really busy at work. So sometimes I don't think it's really fair to blame people that they don't want to have kids because the, their life is already hard enough. Uh, they, they, bad, they don't have a good start. They're not well prepared to uh -huh. be parents. And having kids is a massive responsibility to have. And um, just so much you have to prepare. And uh, you would want to raise a good human being because uh, if you're not able to do so, it's... I think it's, it's a little bit, uh, uh, you know, damaging to the kids. It's irresponsible. Yeah, damaging yeah. to the kids. And it doesn't help society. I mean, that's when you're ending up with criminals, you're ending up with uh, sociopaths and, and everything else. For sure, you want to have, um, you know, we actually spent time homeschooling our kids. I mean, not just having kids, but educating them at home between the grades of fifth grade and up to high school. And then at high school, they went to high school with the other kids. But there was definitely... Um, Oh. We definitely spent that extra time because we wanted to make sure what was the most yeah. important thing is for our kids to have good character more than get into the most famous school or, or whatever, you know, and, and they are smart. Very, yeah, awesome. they are very smart. Kids. How, how, so how, how did it uh, turn out for your three kids? Is there any, yeah, is there any um, good, 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 uh, yeah. like reflection that you have on? Um, because there are some. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah very much um Homeschooling, I think, is intense. And again, it's something that maybe not everybody can do. Uh, I, I didn't teach them everything myself, but we, we live near a university. So we were able to get tutors who are university graduate students who are passionate about the subject and knowledgeable who could teach them. And uh, that, that made it a lot easier. There are because. So, yeah, like, for example, my oldest son is 18. Um, 
he graduated he he's very advanced in math so he did he was working with a math graduate student as his math tutor um from the time he was say seventh grade or something like that and then the um math tutor basically he would also study during the summer like he wouldn't take three months off in the summer which i think is is not a good way to do education i understand that kids need a break but i don't think i don't think they kids need three months off but i also don't think they need to be in school such a long day and doing so much homework that they have no time to think uh, or be creative or anything or that and uh, so i think it's kind of a i would i would change the education system to have and that's what I did for my kids was I, they, they kind of learned throughout the year, but it was just a little bit of the yes. day. It wasn't the whole day. And, um, it, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense to have like a, a, a routine or like a, a system going on, right? A habit developed. A, yeah. yeah. Like a lifestyle. Because, yeah, especially lifestyle. with math, because my father was a mathematician and he was a math professor and he was really brilliant. And I had a math block. I, I didn't, I focused more on words. I became a, well, actually I became a, a musician first, like I was saying before, but then I eventually became a lawyer. But, um, but still, I mean, the logical part of it is there. I had to be logical to interact with him, but the, and my mother's smart and everything. But the bottom line is um, he, with math, what I found was once I had one bad year in math and I couldn't catch up, you know, it just keeps going. And that was pretty much where I would leave off. So I wanted to make sure that my kids, what I think what happens with most kids, I mean, let's just say half the kids are good at math and half the kids aren't. If you, um, in, in today's education system, if you are not doing great in math and then all of a sudden you have three months off, when you go back to school in September, you're just, you don't even remember what you were doing before. And it takes you probably a month or two to get up to speed, at which point they're probably taking off without you. So... By learning, by learning through the summer, I mean, again, you could take a month off or something, but by learning through the summer, you're keeping your brain connected. So there's continuity throughout your learning until you get to such a point that you're done with math. You don't have to do advanced uh, calculus or something if you're just a normal kid. But in my son's case, he did calculus as a freshman, and he was pretty much done with whatever they could teach in the high school. So he graduated high school early. And two years early, and then he went to a local community college to take the advanced math classes, knowing that he would transfer to the University of California and Santa Barbara, which is where we live. Mm-hmm. So he started as an 18-year-old. He's a junior, and he's in the math department, and he's interested in working in the real world. He doesn't want to get a PhD uh, like my father had, but he um, he doesn't know uh, exactly what, if he'll be in t- Compute like data science or something with computer. He hasn't done a lot of computer programming, but he's done some. So he needs. So now he'll be able to learn about that stuff and still study some advanced uh, math. And it's interesting. Um, so yeah, no, it worked out really well for him. He basically saved two years of his uh, uh, of being in school. And some people say, "Oh, what's the rush? What's the rush?" But you know, and the other thing is that people spend so much money on school. I mean, school. You know, his school was a thousand dollars a year or something. It was a community college. It was super cheap. And the University of California for state residents is expensive, but it's still like, I would say, a third of what the most expensive schools are. You know, all the people that want to send their kid to Harvard or Stanford or something, unless they have a scholarship, they're going to pay $60,000, It's just, it's just, it's out of control. It's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, I, the thing about the U.S. is that everything is just so, uh, I think it's a little bit, um, 
like I don't know the word is this corrupted um they just everything just push yes. up the price so high like healthcare education and healthcare and then they see cope with this COVID and everything and, and a lot of yeah. these unnecessary surgeries that people do I mean that yeah, but our healthcare you don't get what you pay for you know you don't get what you pay for in college and you don't get what you pay for in the healthcare system I, I yeah so, I actually I, I took one year of university here. And then I just quit. And I just okay. No, I'm going to college because uh, I call it uh, college. I get to do uh, like mm-hmm. the co-op, uh, like intern in the summer, and uh, yeah, I get to earn money. So that's great. But w- one point I want to go back regarding homeschool. Yeah. That's something. I, like I, you know, I'm thinking maybe I have kids. I would kind of do similar things. I would I would prefer to spend more time with my kids uh-huh. at the beginning, right? And yes, exactly. You want to get them through their formative years. So yes, it was very successful. All three of my kids are very similar, and usually in a family, if you have three kids in America, each one is completely different. So I would say that all three of my kids have something in common. They're polite to adults. They are uh, calm. They are thoughtful. They didn't have iPhones or social media or anything until they're 17, 16 years old. You know, I didn't let them like develop. Yeah, I wanted to get them through their formative years and their developmental years without getting somebody else raising them who I don't even know. Someone, either a teacher in the school, who I don't know who that is and what their agenda is. I mean, I could have a teacher meeting, but it's not the same. And and also Facebook or Snapchat or whatever is raising your kids. So they have YouTube. They, they Yeah, they, they had some exposure to the world. But <clears throat> like my oldest son who just went to college, he just got an iPhone uh, last year, 2017. Uh, I, I got a question regarding the social aspect. Like, uh, what did you do? Did you uh, help your kids to attend sport or something like that? Or like, how? Yeah, well, it's much easier now. It's a good question. It's the most common question about homeschooling, and uh, everybody can do it differently. Yes, if they do team sports, that's really easy. My my oldest son was the one who did homeschooling. Um, the most, but he was, he played golf. He was a really amazing golfer. So he would go to golf tournaments, things like that. He had friends that he could play golf with and he was also surfing. So he would do that, but he definitely had a much reduced social, uh, like he had no, almost basically no close friends. Um, he also had no bad social interactions. He had no peer pressure and kids trying to get him to do drugs and drinking and stuff like that. So, it's it's a mixed bag, you know. I mean, I feel now that he's free, like he's literally on his own. We're not watching him and telling him what to do. He's 18 years old, and I feel like I just wanted to get him through his formative years without a lot of other people influencing him. So he was he could have had friends, but it just never seemed to work out. Um, he's likable, and we live in a small smaller town, so maybe there wasn't as, as many people to choose from. And then my middle son, who started, he did go to high school. Um, and did, and he's not going to graduate early. He's he's a very good student, and he, he likes school. He likes being in the public high school, and um, he is very sociable. I mean, he works as a host at a local winery, um, you know, and he's fine with the public, and all the workers like him, and it gives him confidence. But and he's got work experience, but he doesn't have like a bunch of close friends either. And my youngest son has has some friends that he's closer with. Um, so each kid's different that way. But I think my son, my oldest son, is very. That's the part that's going to be really fun for him now. Is he's in a school with you know thirty thousand kids, and he only has to be. You only need ten friends or whatever. You don't need to make friends with thirty thousand people. You know, it's it's just that you know you had a smaller group. To, you definitely have a smaller group of people to be friends with when you're in homeschool. But another thing that's popular now, ever since COVID, is pods. 
and that's probably the best system. It's a hybrid of the two. You have it's it's part of a school system, but you you partner up with other parents and maybe have between six and ten kids, maybe even and and um, mm-hmm. that's probably something that could could happen in Canada as well. And um, and so you're still sort of part of the school curriculum, this and that, but you have other people teaching it, and then your kids are, and you can make the schedule. Excuse me, you can make the schedule. Yeah, you know, whether it's um, year round or whether it's whatever. You know, the the nice thing when kids, I would also say when kids are young, um, travel with them and take them to Vietnam and you know things like that if you can. You know, and uh, don't worry about the school schedule. Like I, I we would go on some kind of vacation or something just to be together as a family because those are some of your good memories. And um, yes, and. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, even my even yeah, yeah, so, that's, that's pretty awesome. Like your your uh, parenting philosophy, I think, is pretty much aligned with what I want to do in the future. Um, it's also aligned with uh, you know Dave Lee um, uh, on uh, if if you're a Tesla investor, you probably know Dave Lee. Um, yeah, but I'm not sure you like you know him, but he has a YouTube channel, Dave Lee on investing. But he also share his personal life with Dave Lee on parenting, that the way he. Pa- yeah, so it's oh. really an awesome, awesome oh. channel. Dave Lee on Parentings, and I love it. I just love. Is his last name Lee, like L E E? Yeah, L E E. Dave, yeah, Dave uh, Lee. Dave, Dave Lee. And yeah, this this show is basically kind of influenced um, by him as well. A stream of consciousness is his word, and I just uh, just copy that. But uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. the, the 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 vision of having kids like that, um, spend a lot of time with them early in the morning, uh, in, in the beginning stage, and then help them develop a foundations so later they can make decisions. But another question I have in mind is that do do you talk to your kids about uh, the decision of homeschool and uh, what? they will be missing out from public school and what the benefit that we will gain. Yes. Well, that's a good question too. Yes, I did. And, um, my oldest son wanted it because he got all the freedom to do what he wanted to do. And he's, he has, he's one of these guys that just had all this energy. He didn't want to sit in a class, uh, with 30 kids and stare at the blackboard for eight hours. He, he wanted to learn the stuff and he got, and the other thing is, you know, schools try to, they teach to the middle, right? So there's kids that are, if there's kids who are much slower than everybody else, then they get left behind. If there's kids that are much faster than everybody else, they get left behind. So in math in particular, he was um, way ahead. And then writing, English, reading, he to get him to read a book, it was like impossible. He just didn't really want to do it. So he was very happy to have a customized education. And I told him, look, you don't have to. Everyone's trying to get their kids to be super well-rounded. They want them to get the perfect SAT score, go to Harvard. you know what? And I said, look, you know, you're someone who's very strong in math. You like math. You'll probably like computers. You'll probably like some other type of science, like physics or something. But, you know, you don't have to beat your head against the wall if you don't want to. What do you want to do? So, yeah, he 100% wanted to. My middle son... Um, I didn't give him the option. I said, you know, we're going to do homeschooling. I'm, I'm sick of dealing with this uh, school system that you're in and what they're trying to do for one year. But after that, he wasn't very happy with homeschooling. And I said, do you want to do homeschooling next year? Or you want to go back to school? And then he just, some kids also at a certain age are just not very happy. Like between 12 and 14, it can happen to some kids that they have go through kind of like an awkward period and they're and they're just kind of, you know, they're not really excited about anything. It's not every kid that's like that, but it was sort of like that for my middle son. 
And then he went to high. And then I said, "Do you want to go to high school when high school came around instead, of, or do homeschooling?" And that was my wife, by the way, because I probably would have kept going with homeschooling, even though it was not working that well. But my wife, you know, was very smart and very uh, aware. It's not just like I had made all the decisions. And she said, "You know, he really, he 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 might really like uh, just going to the public high school. Let's try it out." And he did extremely well. He did like it better than homeschooling, so he stuck with that. Now he's in school. He definitely likes, uh, even during COVID, he actually likes school a lot, you know, the online classes. So he, um, one thing I will tell you is that the teachers noticed a difference when the kids went to high school. Their teach, I literally got thank you notes from their teachers when they started going to high school. My other son only went to high school for one year, the older one. But this middle one, he's there in his third year now. Um, I remember when they first started school, someone wrote a, a letter to us. Uh, for each one of them and just said, your son is, he just, he answers questions. He pays attention. He doesn't goof off. He's a great student. He has thoughtful responses. And that's all because they're used to working one-on-one with a tutor. You know, when you're with a tutor, you can't like start daydreaming and uh, go walk, you know, go to take a bathroom break and never come back or look at your phone. You know, they're just used to giving concentrated attention to their teacher for whatever they're studying each day. If it was two hours, again, it wasn't like Chinese style, uh, you know, 10 hour day and then practice the piano for five hours and then do whatever. It, it was, it was a shorter day, but they very focused attention on, and they could progress. So, um, and then my youngest one, uh, same thing. Yes. We gave him the option to go to high school or not. And he chose to yes, go to high school. And I think he likes it. They give him a lot of homework, which he doesn't like, but, um, he happens. The good thing is they actually have good teachers, which is California has some of the worst schools in America in terms of their rankings. And um, luckily, where we live, it seems like the teachers have been there a long time and they like teaching. And I, that's all I care about. I don't care if they're the smartest teacher ever, but if they're enthusiastic about the subject, they exactly they, you know all that, and they they they're imbuing the kids with some sense of enthusiasm for the subject. Like my son last year was actually excited about learning AP uh, European history. And he's talking about the French Revolution and this thing and that thing. And he, he knew everything about it. And I was like, that's amazing. I mean, if you ever go to France, you'll go through Paris and you'll see the Bastille and you'll see whatever. You'll see all the different things that happened in the French Revolution and you'll remember it. So I said, that's kind of what it's all about is making these mental connections in your brain. So I don't know if that answers your question. But, yes, it's you as a parent, you have to do stuff for your kids sometimes. Uh, make the decision for them but um and it's not always going to be perfect um but and then you have to be able to adapt but if you have some guiding principles exactly. and the guiding principles have to be that my kid's going to come out of this with a love of learning whatever it is some kind of some kind of interest strong interest in something that i will foster instead of trying to make them well-rounded if they are interested in certain things i'm going to try and make them interested in those things and and let them focus on it. I think that's really important. That's natural, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like Einstein wasn't, you know, um, well, he might be a bad example because he played violin and he liked sailing and stuff. But, you know, most people, you know, Isaac Newton, whatever, they weren't, um, you know, becoming a pilot and then learning physics and then, you know, painting. And, you know, each person kind of had their focus. And uh, you have to have a basic education. And I'm not saying specialized from day one, but if someone has an interest, then foster that interest and let them go with it because they'll, that's more natural. 
Um, but school tends to make you take all these different classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, exactly. That's the point. Uh, one reason I wanted to move here to Canada uh, to study high school. Uh, I came here in grade 11. Also, mm-hmm. that reason, because in Vietnam, I have to study a lot of classes and memorize stuff that I don't want to study, uh, memorize. And um, yeah, so I decided mm-hmm. to go. Besides, I was a lot more aware of uh, the situation, the, you know, the the, the the political aspect of it, but anyway, um, about the the points of, uh, uh, wait, I kind of forgot. Lost my train of thoughts. Um, well, you were, uh, I guess, you were responding to what I was saying about the kids, yeah. uh, whether they choose or whether they specialize. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. About the point of uh, spending time with your kids. Um, I think that that is mm-hmm. one of the problems uh, with kids. Uh, people nowadays, they don't want to have kids because they don't have enough time, even for themselves. So that is mm-hmm. the problem we need to solve, right? Because we can talk all we like, but they can say, oh, I don't have the, the conditions uh, or the financial situation like you to be able to uh, help my kid out all the way, right? So my mom... like. I think that well, the community maybe the community part of it because it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to cost so much, you know. But if it's community, if it's living within a community and staying within a community even after you um, grow up, and then helping some communal help with raising your children and educating them, I think all those things and not having to move to the big expensive city, I think those things will make it a lot easier for people. I, mean, I went to New York City when I was young, and I was in there for my whole twenties. And at the end of it, I I said, this is unnatural living in this place. I mean, everyone I know who gets married, they're, they're already like 45. They get divorced like two years later and uh, they don't have kids. And like, uh, and, and anybody who had a kid, maybe they have one kid and the kid has to take the subway and it's just crazy. You know, it's like, it's like a natural place. So I said to myself when I was about 30 that I need to get out of New York. I need to find something different. And, and I, and also I was dating differently because when you're dating and you're in your twenties and you're in New York city, you know, you're not going to get married. You have this little apartment. You can't afford anything. And, um, you would never think about raising a family there. So, you know, you're not really dating people with an eye towards getting married. I think people always used to date with people with an eye towards getting married and for all of human history of, you know, it was always about like who you're going to marry. And it only became this sort of, Oh, whatever. I'll, I'll get married later maybe in 10 years kind of mentality. And what that does is just lead to a bunch of relationships, a bunch of breakups, a bunch of, um, you know, for a lot, I'm not saying it's meaningless for everyone, yeah. but that was my experience that it, if I look back on it, it made me ready for what I was ready for when I was 30. But I, I think it could have been earlier if I was prepared mentally. So I have discussed that with my children that, you know, you're going to college now or you're in high school now or whatever. And, there will be some girl who wants to date you or whatever. And you, and you, of course you want to have certain experiences in life and, and all that. But in the end, keep it. Yeah. Think long term. Yeah. Think long term. That's, yeah. that's uh, the yeah. question you got to ask them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, definitely for my, my case. Um, I don't date a lot of people. Uh, I actually don't, my, my girlfriend right now is my second girlfriend ever. The first one I realized uh, it was not a long-term relationship, um, so I kind of broke it off early. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, my second one uh, I found two years later. She just takes a lot of um, after a series of uh, 
like a dating experience. I started having my own car, so I started to do co-approach people, <laughs> and I went on yeah uh-huh. on a, da- a, a dating uh, streak. Finally, found my girlfriend. Uh-huh. Yeah, we just hit it off, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, really exciting. And uh, but, yeah, do you think that, that you would like, get married young? Do you think you could get married young? Um, in a sense, um, yes. Uh, I I think we'll be stable enough, and we'll 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 get married. But I like out of now, the way I think, I'm pretty much committed. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty much committed for the long term. I call I think I consider her as my life partner now, and I think that's a good idea. Wow. Yeah. To, to, men- to mention uh, to your kids that you would you would want to look for your life partner, not just a girlfriend today. Yeah, exactly. It's a completely different type of person you're going to choose. And the other thing, this whole idea that you have to find the perfect person for you because you're going to change. You have to find the perfect person that can, over the course of your life, that can grow with you, grow together in a dynamic. And by the way, part of that is is looking at their family. It doesn't mean if they came from a uh, broken home that you can't date them, but you have to keep in consideration because I came from a divorced family and my wife wasn't her, her parents are still together and they're happy. So that's, you see a lot of uh, couples where that happens where one's from a stable family and the other one's from not, and they kind of desire that. And then um, in America anyway. And um, so I told my kids and my wife told them too, that, um, you know, you're from a stable home, you know, your parents are in a good marriage and, and love each other. And don't just assume every girl that you meet is going to be from that. They might be from a really problematic situation, and um, that can lead to problems. So you you just want to you want to see if they are from a, a broken home with a lot of tumult and a lot of issues. You just want to make sure that those issues haven't don't affect the relationship and how they are. Um, it it can creep in in ways that you would never. Uh, realize and and not having seen it because you're from a stable background, you might not realize it. So I try to I tell them exactly. that. Uh, actually, yeah, I think um, if if um, I have a tip, uh, not, not a tip, but like an advice. So a tool yeah. to be able to to do that, um, I think, mm-hmm. really helpful is to read the book "The Law of Human Nature" by Robert Greene. That book just blew my mind, and I think one of the best I've ever uh, read. So basically, it's got you the understanding of human nature, and that yeah, I talk about all the aspects of family or your childhood influence to to your personalities. It's it's just wild. It's really wild. So I don't know if you heard about it, but you should check it out. And uh, no, but I'm writing it. I'm I'm writing it down uh, for myself to um, to check it out. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, the law of human nature. Like Robert Greene, he's just an awesome writer and a thinker, and has a big influence on on me. Uh, he has a book, Mastery, as well. Basically, talk about the concept that we've been talking, finding things that we find meaning, and you know, kind of expel, uh, doing like um, focus on that one thing, right? And um, uh-huh. yeah, a lot of things. The art of seductions. <laughs> that's the one I. That's the first first book I read from him. It's kind of star. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, start the journey of uh, you know learning to find a girlfriend, like the the, the projects of having a girlfriend. Yeah, well there you go, and it works. So there you get your money's worth. <laughs> and then, yeah. and um, and then is she um, is she Canadian or is she from somewhere else? Uh, she's from the Philippines, um, but she's Canadian now. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, she's. Uh, um, yeah, so so she, she the family aspect actually her family is pretty much kind of like my family. It's really mm-hmm. fun, dynamic, and um, it's just a, a community sense of it. Uh, the aspect it just really close together. Family members really close together. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I fit well with the family. I'm really happy that I. Uh, yeah. Oh, her family's here, or I should say, there in Canada. Yeah, yeah, and oh, I, that's I actually, nice. So it's like I, your family now. Yeah, I'm like family member now, and uh, oh, I, I, I just. I mean, you should just get married then. That's that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, we, we. What are you waiting for? Uh, we're still young, so we don't want to so get. What? Like, uh, we we pretty much uh, like the 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 way we think uh, from each other, like our perspective. Um, yeah, you know, marriage is just more like a contract uh, from the government thing, right? So we have a contract for, for ourselves. Right? Uh, so it, it's yeah. more like a, yeah. Well, I mean, it's true. Well, my father used to say it. And like I said, my father and mother were divorced, my father being this really smart mathematician. But he, he, he used to kind of observe about the American system that uh, marriage is the most consequential contract you'll ever enter into in your life, and yet there's no lawyer present. <laughs> you know, it's you have no one giving you advice like, hey, you know, you could uh, do this. You could and now everybody talks about prenups or whatever, but they can say, look, let me explain every aspect about this deal you're getting into. Like, just if you're going to buy like some rental property or something, you had a lawyer and you talked to him for an hour, they would tell you. This is what can happen. You might have to evict the tenant. You might have to do repairs. But in a marriage, there's no one telling you to do it. Now, we're actually from the Jewish religion, my wife and I. And um, it was interesting. Before we got married, they offered us the opportunity to um, to meet with, like she met with like a rabbi's wife. And I met with a rabbi. And we thought, not that we're super religious, but it, it was just an interesting experience and they gave then they actually talked to us about a lot of these issues and and their perspective on religion on marriage and and also sort of coaching you on things before i don't know how long i did it for it was definitely for a few months before we got married and um it was helpful because it was just certain little bits of advice that that accumulated over you know whatever a few thousand years right i mean that it's passed down and it's in books and everything else. So, like, for example, there's a famous one, like, you come home from work, especially me, I was a lawyer, and I was doing trials and contentious things and fighting with people all day and the uh, depositions, things like that. If you come home and bring your work with you and you walk in the door and your wife's home and your kids are home and, they, and like, here comes dad, and every time they know dad comes home and he's, like, this angry lawyer who's pissed off and, like, starts asking everybody, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Like he's a, like having a court trial, then that's how they're going to look at you. So you basically the advice was you come home and before you open the door, you stop and you breathe and you think and you reset, and you be the person that you would want to walk in the door, um, and then you do that. Now that doesn't mean I did that every time. I, I certainly didn't, but it was it's those kinds of sensitivities we were able to get from from meeting with somebody. And I, I feel like that's probably another aspect of marriage that it would be nice if there's, and that's, I guess, what comes from religion. If you're Christian, if you're Buddhist, if you're whatever, Muslim, you if you can meet with someone about it and you feel like you're part of a community, it is helpful to the marriage um, as well. Instead of feeling like you're doing everything on your own and you're trying to figure everything out from books or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Definitely, I think it's just like the, the the aspect you said: be uh, be mindful, uh, have the awareness of uh, what you're going through, uh, your emotions, right? and don't let it affect other people around you. So I think that's mm -hmm. yeah. oh yeah, well, mindfulness is so huge. I mean, if we could teach our kids that in school and make that a priority. Yeah. Um, you know, that would be an amazing thing too. So, and I did try it, but with my kids, but they're, you know, every kid's different. It's, they're not all, it's not all, but at least, yeah, that, I'm yawning so much. Just, I was up very late last night, so I'm definitely yeah. tired. But, um, I would say, yeah, that's, that's very, if you're mindful, then you don't need so much advice because you're going to stop and think and hopefully do the right thing if you take enough time and yeah. don't, uh, be reactive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I yeah, the background I have, I grew, the way I grew up, the way I got um, like educated. My parents, my parents basically spent quite a lot of time uh, with me, and you know, I show, I kind of not homeschool, but uh, my mom tried to, and my dad tried to spend time to do homework with me, solve the of the problems, and they don't really force me as much. Yeah, so I think that's really influenced my thinking, and uh, it's make me a lot more. Um, thoughtful, uh, yeah. So I think that's your point of um, you know teaching kids, um, spending time with them as well, uh, make them have uh, their thoughts of their own, right? Develop, and um, yeah, I'm doing this show. Um, I I try to reflect every day, and it's, it's amazing. I, I'm just really excited to uh, start continue pumping out my thoughts out. Um, yeah, I'm excited, just excited for the future. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, well, good for you. You're obviously a unique young man, and you've got a unique background, and it sounds like your girlfriend uh, is, a, is a good ad, a, um, part of your life and a big part of your life, so you have support, and you have someone to share. You're not just on podcasts, but you have someone you can talk to, and you can even do one with her at the same time, you know, which would be cool, and uh, why not, you know, and um, so anyway, it's been really nice meeting you. I did follow you and subscribe to this um the show yes. I, you know, i'll definitely try to stop in whenever i can and um uh and uh it's been great having the conversation with you thank you yeah it's been great i think this is a long episode i have so far and uh, probably around 2 30 a.m your time is it uh no it's only 10 30 in, uh, in uh, oh, la pacific time yeah are you in vancouver or quebec or where are you oh i'm, I'm in uh, uh manitoba so it's uh Woo. you're up in the uh, yeah. snow huh <laughs> oh yeah okay so at least you know that place because <laughs> a, oh, yeah. a lot of people you have like people. some bears coming after you up there <laughs> yeah but currently it's 12 uh 30 a.m right now so oh i thought it's a lot later than in your time but yeah it's, it's uh lovely talking to you and uh yeah i'm excited to uh to have more people to talk at this show i did have a section called occasional conversation with people to have a good time and yeah. Uh, yeah, so you thank you for filling in that section today. And uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and since I talk so much, if you had something in the beginning, you know, you can do the highlights where you can just do it. Because if people see something that's really long like this, then they might be like, "I'm not even going to click on that. It's going to be a whole can of worms." But but um, if you had like a specific thing you really liked from this this whole um, like you did in the beginning before I started talking or whatever you can do a highlight of it. And the nice thing about the highlight is you can um, put in the timestamp. You can listen to it. And as you're listening to it, you can see the exact time if it's three minutes and 40 seconds in, and then you just make it for three or four minutes. People are more likely to check out the highlight and then they'll say, Oh, I like this. Uh, they can listen to the rest. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a still a small platform. It's just getting started, but I, 
I think um, it's I think it's great. Yeah, for for the highlight right now, I think it's just a bit uh, too much work uh, for me. I, I do yeah. my show, so my show I do have like an apt thought sections and then a final thought sections. I usually uh-huh. try to do it as much as possible. Uh, when I have thoughts, I want to put down. So if you notice, I my show have a lot of notes, and uh, sometimes I yeah I write down basically a, an audio journal, and I write some of the thoughts sound there so definitely after this i'm going to include some after thoughts and a final thoughts maybe i'll up- update it uh, another day tomorrow oh it's good that you do that because i actually that's how i was able to tell what some of your other um shows were about so that's yeah. good yeah that's I, this is basically an audio journal so um mm-hmm. yeah um, I'm, I'm just gonna continue doing this and i hope to uh you know, to talk to you some of the future episodes. Uh, so, yeah, glad to, to have another character in the show. I was just uh, talking to Charlie. I don't know if you know Charlie, but he's uh, working at Call In, and uh, he did drop in, talk a couple times. And, um, yeah, another... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, here and there, there's some uh, people that get to talk, and we get to know uh, each other more. And you, yeah, you are one of the, the next person that I get to know in a closer level. So that's great. Uh, thanks, Michael. All right. Well, have a good night and uh, uh, keep it up. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, same to Hi, you, brother. Hope to have a good some. night. You too. Good night. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, so that was oh, it's 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m. right now. <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4. So that was a really uh, fun conversation with uh, Kevin. Yeah. And. Um, I'm sorry, what was his name, Kevin or Kelly? Kevin. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to have another person to talk to, another character in the Michael Daily Reflection Show. So, um, yeah, that that was fun. Um, so I think I'm just going to end this uh, soon. Uh, if you're listening to this far, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, I appreciate it, and I hope that you find something uh, um, meaningful out of this. Even though I think it might be a little bit more lengthy at times, but I think I would recommend you listen to 1.5 speed. I think it's, it's a good speed to listen to, uh, especially nowadays we don't have a lot of times and a lot of content to consume. And 1.5 for me seems to be a op- optimum speed. To speed up, not too fast, like two, like two, two times speed, like like uh, it's a little bit too much, and you don't get time to think about what the person said before they say the next thing. So uh, 1.5 pick perfect for me. Maybe a little bit too fast in 1.25, but it's still kind of speed up and yeah. To be honest, uh, I sound a lot smoother that way. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I wish you uh, have a good. Good night. Uh, if you're sleeping now, and or have the good rest of your day, uh, have a good start for your day. You're listening to this in the morning, and uh, wish you health, happiness, and wish you luck. You know, achieve some of the um, good things in life. Uh, good things for the day. Yeah, it doesn't have to be life. It's just for the day. Just make the day good. That'd be great. And I will try to include the after thought sections after this, but I'm just gonna sleep now. Quite late.